Right, but it will take you longer. And I could be sitting somewhere else right now. You're going to start painting your nails right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else do we have going on? I don't know. Christmas. Well, the that's going to be a terrible smell. <laughs> I am all set to go. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about how it's my favorite time of the year. Yes. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. This is the most wonderful time of the year. It is. We're going to do Christmas movies for all four weeks, five, four weeks of this month. But here's the problem. Okay. I don't want it to interfere with all the other Christmas movies I got to watch. Well, we'll have to pace them out very carefully. Yeah, I want a schedule written up. I don't want these movies to ruin your Christmas spirit. I know. That's what I'm saying. Because that movie last night, that would ruin my Christmas spirit. With how terrible it was? Yeah. Yeah, it was trifling. It was. And nothing to do with Christmas either. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm excited to talk about our new Christmas, our new scale, our new rating for this month. Yeah, which you haven't even told me about, so... You were literally sitting at the table with me when I was talking yeah, to you about yeah, it. Yeah, but like you didn't tell me like in detail how it's going to work. Oh, pretty much we just discuss whether or not Christmas... The level of Christmas. Yeah, like whether or not Christmas actually plays any significance into the story. Okay. I'm down. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night. The best podcast with a husband and wife watching bad movies on a date night. And sharing their thoughts and opinions with you, the audience. That's right. I'm Nigel from ajourneyintofilm.com. And I'm Caitlin from ilovechristmastime.com. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel left out. I wanted to say something. That's fine. I'm, I mean, you're really, every year, you pretty much carry the Christmas spirit for both of us. But I'm going to need you to do it more so this year. I don't know. I'm struggling. This week, we're talking about the 2017 Netflix 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 movie, A Christmas Prince, the beginning of a soon-to-be trilogy of movies revolving around the small country in the middle of somewhere called Aldovia. This movie is directed by Alex Zam, written by Karen Schaller and Nate Atkins. And it stars Rose McIver, Ben Lamb, Alice Krieg, and Honor Neefsey. Okay. And it was special. It was great. I don't know if we'll be able to top a... I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how we're going to watch the next two movies in the series because... I was going to ask, are we doing that this year? I don't know. Because that's like a lot of Christmas time. That's three movies worth of... Yeah, I was kind of thinking that we'll just do one each year. Yeah, I so think that's we gotta a good idea. we gotta stretch these out. Yeah, because hey. there are plenty of Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies for yeah. us to watch that are mediocre and filled with 
fantasies of romance and poorly written and bad acting. Are we going to talk about the fantasy of romance in this? Or should I just like keep that to myself? Oh, no, I was planning on it. Okay. You know, these these movies are really our bread and butter of digging into the date night portion of right. bad movie date night. Mm-hmm. This is where we really we get to get real with people about what we're about. Yeah. About what we're about. About what we're about. And that <laughs> is dating even though we're married. That's right. You still date once you're married. And here we are dating. Dating. Who was on our date last night, Nigel? Who was okay. on our date last night? <laughs> well, it's a little difficult for us right now. Uh, so we got to enjoy this movie with my mom and my sister. And my dad enjoyed the last 10 minutes with us. And, you know, it was a pretty special time for all of us. It was kind of funny watching it with your mom and Bailey, though. Yeah, it... Look, I love you. You're my favorite person to watch movies with. But... But sometimes watching these bad movies with more than just the two of us adds more energy to it. And, like, I feel more amped to talk about movies. And that's how I feel about this one. Like, I feel more jazzed to talk about this movie because we watched it with other people who just added to the experience. Yeah, I understand. But that doesn't make me love you or our bad movie watching any less. Sure. It's fine. Because you're my movie buddy. I'm not enough energy. Okay. (laughs) Hey, where do you want to start with this? Mm, I'm going to be honest. The first probably 10 minutes I have no recollection of. Because everyone was yelling at the dogs and I was very distracted and angry because people were yelling and I just wanted to watch the movie. So the first 10 minutes, I don't really remember. So you probably got to catch me up there. But then the rest of the movie, I do remember. And I don't feel like I needed the first 10 minutes. Well, okay. So let's play a game real quick. Okay. I just came up with this game on the spot. Okay. It's probably going to go terribly. Based on your experience with rom-coms, if you were to just guess what the first 10 minutes of this movie were, how how do you think they played out? It's all going to be set up, so we're going to be introduced to the two main people that are going to fall in love, and we're going to be introduced to, like, who they are and their likes and dislikes pretty rapidly, and we're going to pretend like... Like, that was enough information for us to actually care about these people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be, like, introduced to probably side characters that aren't really going to be important at all. But we need to know them for background information. Okay. Okay. Am I what wrong? Would, what would you say, if you were to take a shot in the dark, mm-hmm. and you were to say, like, in what setting do you think we're going to be introduced to our female protagonist? In this case, Amber, played by Rose McIver. Like in what setting? Like environment? Yeah. Well, I do remember I saw her at work or something. So yeah. how many how many rom coms have we watched so far where we're not introduced to the female protagonist at work? No like none. I'm trying to think right now. Either you're introduced to them in school if they're still a high school student or if it's gonna take place at college. Or you're introduced to them at their job. You don't just wake up with them on a Saturday morning and see what their life's like. Yeah. You're like, all right, what kind of job do they have? 
or what are they like in school? Well, you have to show that they're they're married to their work first and foremost, and they're not really looking for a guy because they're right. a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Right. It, with the exception, I think, of killers, because in that we met her on a plane with her parents. Yeah. If it, well, if it's going to be a vacation love story. They're going to the vacation. Right. You want to set that up. But in what happened in Vegas, the vacation happened after we introduced her at work. Right. But that wasn't... Well, neither was Killers, though. I was going to say that wasn't really a vacation, maybe, but I guess Killers wasn't either. Yeah, that's true. But they met on vacation, whereas, yeah. like, oh, well, we're in Vegas. They did meet. Huh. I don't know. Interesting. Killers might be the exception to the rule. Yeah. With Ashton Kutcher. Still a good movie. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So this movie introduces us to Amber. She is a hardworking journalist. She's not really even a journalist. She's like a wannabe journalist. Let's be real. Do we get introduced to um, the prince at all in the beginning? We're introduced like to the to... news stories of the prince, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't know anything about the prince prior to meeting him at the castle. Okay. Because even when she actually, like, she technically meets him for the first time, like, he's kind of a jerk to her. Getting and the into archery the... thing? No, 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 no. Remember, she was getting the cab at the airport, and he, like, Mm-mm. cuts in front of her. He's got that scraggly beard on, and he's like, I'm the prince. I'm going to take this. But nope. he doesn't say he's the prince. I don't remember that. Uh, we also introduced- I think that's the part I really missed was like the transition from her at her job to her going to the prince thing. I don't even know how she got that job as a tutor. Okay, so we'll talk about that real quick. Okay. All right, so she works for a magazine. I don't really know what her job is. I think she's supposed to, like, edit things, but, like, not. She's not, like, the editor. She's, like, a like a copywriter or fixer or grammar checker. I don't really know what her role is. I'm not sure either. She did something. She but like, her boss yeah. is like, hey, go do a story on this, like, Aldovia Prince guy, because he's a scumbag, and everybody hates him, and he's supposed to be the king, and blah, 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 blah. And Who hated him? Because it seemed like everyone loved him. The tabloids all said that he was a scumbag. Okay, but no one in his country seemed to think that. Yeah, I don't really know how that happened. Yeah, I don't either. He... Like, because all the tabloids are like, look at him, he's with all these women... He's such a jerk. Look at that beard. He's clearly a terrible person because he doesn't <laughs> want to take the throne. And then, so she goes there. And then mm-hmm. she's at the castle with all the other reporters for this, like, press conference thing. And they're like, oh, BT Dubs, he's not going to come talk to all of you, so go home. And instead of going home, she starts sneaking around. And then someone's like, oh, are you the new tutor? Are you here early? And she's like, yep, that's me. My name is Martha. What? That's That's how ex- she got the job? Yeah. So then what the heck happened to the other tutor? 
The real one that was supposed to show up. The real one wasn't supposed to show up for two weeks. Right, but eventually she had to have shown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this whole movie takes place over the course of like a day and a half. Oh, so the tutor didn't lose her job. That's good. Yeah. Actually, I don't really know how many days this takes place over. Maybe like a, like five days a week. I mean, if you count the little New Year's Eve thing at the end, it's like two weeks. Yeah. So that's how she becomes the tutor. Okay. Uh, before we get any further, do you want to, uh, well, like, what are your initial thoughts about this movie? My initial thoughts? How does this movie make you feel? It makes me feel sad. Because? Because it is a very cheesy movie about nothing but really shallow people and lies that society tells. And... It's also boring. This was boring. Yeah. For context, we had a five-hour drive from Baltimore yesterday, and that felt shorter than this movie did. Yes. Yes, it did. Do you think that we could have watched this movie, just the two of us, and had just as much fun as we did watching it with my mom and sister? I don't know. They helped. Your mom is funny because she was like, I bet it's in the acorn or just throw out lines like that. Yeah, that's funny. You remember how I was telling you I was laying in bed last night thinking about this movie uh-huh. and I was just getting angry? Right. That was one of the things I was getting angry at. It was like, why would you go through all that trouble to hide? Who hides something that important in an acorn just hoping that someone will find yeah, it Yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. Who were you hiding it from? Right. Why would he not just tell his wife, hey, you know how our son's adopted? Well, uh, here, I made an amendment to the law. He can still be king. Yeah. No communication in that family. No. What? I mean, you don't really need to because the men are the rulers and that's all that matters. What do you think the point of his sister being in a wheelchair was? I think it was to show that he has... I think it was a way to show that Amber has is a compassionate individual. Because she, like... Treats her like a normal person instead of treating her like someone with a disease. That's weak. It's a little weak. Uh, I did not enjoy this movie. You didn't love it? No. (laughs) I'm not really looking forward to watching the next two. No. I now understand why in 2017 this was such a cultural meme of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. That's when this first one came out. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if you remember, but Netflix tweeted something about something along the lines of, like, based on our metrics, 16 people have watched this movie 200,000 times. Who hurt you? Or I think it was like a joke (laughs) or something like that. That's really funny. So, um, oh, one other thought that I had. Mm-hmm. So this movie has opening credits, just like any other movie of such caliber. Right. This, it uses the most generic sounding Christmas song I've ever they heard. They couldn't get any money for real Christmas songs. This movie had no real Christmas songs. No, it was like all public domain stuff. And then this song at the beginning that was like, 
set to the tune of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, mm-hmm. but with, like, lyrics about st- something not rocking around the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. I tried to find the actual song, and Siri said it does not exist. <laughs> said, why are you asking me this question? Go listen to real Christmas music. Uh, also, before we even... Before this movie even started, I wrote, is this about a young professional woman who has no time for love, who ends up in a small country and discovers the true meaning of Christmas and love? And, I mean, I don't really know if she learned the true meaning of Christmas, (laughs) because Christmas is kind of coincidental in this story. (laughs) Should we get into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. I feel like I'm going to have to carry you through this first little bit. Yep, I don't really remember. Um, well, I really wanted to talk to you a lot about their office because it looked like it was set up in a warehouse over the course of like a Saturday afternoon. (laughs) It probably was. I mean, this place kind of looked like it was supposed to be the like the hip urban exposed brick warehousey design of like a New York City. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. it just kind of looked like someone found an empty warehouse and put up some desks. I mean, that's exactly what happened. That's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. But it looked like that. Yeah. Do oh. we ever see her home? No. Okay. Well, we do see her home. It's the castle at the end. <laughs> uh, One other thing I want to point out. Okay. Nobody in this movie had any personality. No. Not even a little bit. Like, if it wasn't for very small selective character traits that they each had, I would not be able to tell you the difference between any of them. Yeah. In fact, I really wanted to call the prince like Sir Blankface because he (laughs) never has any emotion on his face. No, he doesn't. He kind of looks like Army Hammer if somebody over like if he was allergic to bees and he got (laughs) stuck on the face. That's kind of what his face looks like. Yeah. He was had a very large head. He had a huge head. It was abnormally large. And Comically they, large when they put the crown on when him. When they put the crown on his head. <laughs> like, did you not design the crown to, like, fit his large head? Because he was, like, the, really the only one that wore it, so... Well, I don't think they were really concerned about the... They the, should have been. But did you see the, the comically large hats that the guards wore? Yeah. They looked like something out of, like, the Nutcracker. Yeah. Like, I wanted someone to walk up to them and do, like, a Family Guy joke where they put a nut in their mouth and, like, <laughs> <laughs> lowered the sword. <laughs> oh, all right. So we meet Amber. She works with this company. And they're like, hey, go do this story. And her gay best friend and her black best friend, because diversity. Diversity matters. Are looking at the tabloids with her. And... They're like, oh, he's so hot, and Amber's like, I'm not on the market. And it's like, well, why would you even be talking about that with a prince? Because... Yeah, like, you're going to end up with a prince. Yeah, there's no reason for you to think that you're going to end up with a prince at this point. Right. We meet her dad, because he's important to the story. Not even a little bit. He owns a hot dog (laughs) shop. A hot dog and coffee shop? I don't really understand what his restaurant is, but he's talking about corn dogs 
and he her regular order was like a hot dog and a latte. Yeah. Which nothing sounds more delicious than a hot dog and a latte. And I'm pretty sure she still paid him for it. She did. It was four dollars. So what kind of relationship is that father daughter situation going on? Mm, don't know. Who has more personality, the dad or the prince? <laughs> Probably the dad. Yeah. Literally, literally, the prince is like every cliche, but like not even that great or like, or I don't know, like, oh, he plays the piano. He must be a really good guy. He plays the piano or... Oh, he's good with kids because he had one snowball fight with them. Or, like, he's an archer person because he shot a bow and arrow. Oh, he rides horses. He's And, like, I think they were supposed to, like, get us to believe that, like, when he was riding a horse, he was having, like, some deep thoughts. Like, that's when he did all of his thinking. But the whole time his face is just blank. Emotionless. Yeah. My favorite thing about this movie is how it set up all of these tropes in order to subvert them like it couldn't decide which at what point it wanted the story to take like a darker not like a darker turn but like introduce some sort of actual legitimate problem yeah like when you first meet the prince he's a jerk Mm -hmm. up but he's really a good guy the 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 princess has spina bifida and she fell off of her toboggan. Uh oh! I bet she's hurt real bad. Mm-hmm. And now that's going to be the plot for the rest of the movie. Just kidding. She was faking it. <laughs> uh oh! The queen's mad that they were out sledding instead of doing lessons. Just kidding. She just wanted to participate too because she's happy that her daughter is smiling for the first time, ever? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> that's what it made it seem like. And then, like, the actual real problem was Simon twirling his mustache trying to steal the throne. (laughs) But that was, like, barely a plot until the last, like, 20 minutes. Let's talk about the girl that was introduced. I don't even remember her name. Are you talking about Sophia? Yeah. The, like, floozy who just wanted to be queen? Okay. See, this is my problem. We literally have no reason to dislike her. We're just told that, like, at one time she was a bad person, but, like, there's no real context for it, and it's all just, like, his biased opinion of her. Mm-hmm. So, like, we don't even know she's a bad person, but they just want us to hate her. Yeah. And, like, she's actually nothing but nice. Really, at we the should. Beginning. We have more of a reason to believe her because we don't know anything about her. Right. Whereas the prince, he's the one who's stealing cabs from poor journalists. Right. So. He's more of a jerk than she is. Right. At this point, that's what we should believe. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you'll never change. You always just wanted me because you wanted the throne. And then, like, then she becomes, like, kind of mean. But, like, I honestly, like, she, I don't know. I just felt like that was weak. Like, oh, you're supposed to hate her, even though she's been nothing but nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like how we're supposed to hate Simon just because he insults everybody all the time. Yeah, but he was annoying. He was. But yeah. But for real, they should have given him a little mustache yeah. to twirl because that's basically <laughs> the extent of his 
villain yeah. character. Yeah. Like, ha, 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 I'll be the king before the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. These characters were not well developed. No. At all. Like, zero percent. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned that the name of the country is Aldovia. I pretty much knew that the prince was the one taking her cab immediately. And one of the questions that I had quite frequently throughout this movie is, where is this country? I know. They never really tell you. I think it's a make-believe place. Well, it is a make-believe place. But, like, is it supposed to be European? Because they all have British accents. Probably. Is it supposed to be, like, Scandinavian? Or is it Eastern European? Is it in Asia? Because a lot of them looked kind of Asian. I have no idea. I would like to know what, where this country comes from. I told you, it's make-believe. Well, yeah, but No, like, no, 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 because the girl, like, fell, the journalist, and hit her head, and she's just dreaming all of What if this. the whole thing was a dream That's what I'm saying. on her flight over? Yeah. It's all a dream. Well, that would fit the type of movie that this is. <laughs> Number three comes out, and we realize the whole thing, she was in a coma. Her plane crashed. Yeah. But then it takes a dark turn, and she really did have a baby while she was in her coma. Because some shadiness was happening at the hospital. She married the prince in real life while she was in her coma. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying that one of the... No, I know, but I was adding. Yeah. Also, I like how they, like made her seem clumsy for like one scene where she knocked over the vase. And then, but then she later she's like, I forget exactly what she said, but she was like, I'm just so awkward and clumsy. And it's like, what have you done that was clumsy? She like knocked over the vase and then she shot the arrow at the window. But then the clumsiness went away. Right. Like if this was a movie like The Princess Diaries or something, she would have at least like tripped on a stair at the very end when people are looking at her. Right. Like, well, the Princess Diary, she was clumsy throughout the thing. That's what I'm saying. Is like she, like if they wanted her to be clumsy, they should have been more consistent with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because who's you, the writers for this? I'll tell them their inconsistencies. Also, I thought it was interesting how we watched another movie with tutors in it after seeing Parasite two weeks ago. Yeah, that is a very different movie. Or last weekend. I said, yeah. why are we watching so many movies with tutors? <laughs> it's the new hit thing. Rich um, people hire tutors. I like how her boss tells her to pretend to be a tutor still. And then she says, like, can I get, are there any legal troubles with being like a, with lying about who I am? And the boss is like, uh, kind of, but not really. You might get this, that, and the other. And it's like. <laughs> really think there are any legal things to just lying about being a tutor you're not impersonating someone she was though she was impersonating the real tutor who was yeah but she is it's not like she stole Faked her, her identity and yeah. everything right she just showed up and said hey i'm a tutor well she didn't even say she was the tutor someone said are you the tutor and she was like yeah <laughs> yeah that's me <laughs> it was way too easy for her to get into the castle like, yeah. and then, like, you're just telling me that they just, like, they don't even check who the tutor is. Like, they're, they, like, you know if, like, a prince was going to hire a tutor or something. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to do background checks. You're going to have to go through, like, 
all the stuff. They probably already have like a picture ID of what right. she looks like. Right. And not just going to be a random hobo on the street showing up and being like, are you the tutor? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that works out very well for my plan. Yeah. What? And also, did she live there as the tutor? Yeah. Because like, I don't think that's, I don't know, maybe that's a thing. Well, yeah, because you remember they said like, oh, you're staying at the inn in town. Like, why don't we'll go get your stuff? And she says, oh, I'll get it. Like that kind of thing. No, I don't remember that. But oh, but she definitely like moves in. Yeah. Well, because like how else would Simon and Sophia find right there? That's true. Stuff. Well, she is really bad at hiding things. I so, know. Like, she's not really a good journalist. The Oh, the other thing that this movie did, what we were talking about, tropes that it subverts, is she, like, you, you think that she's going to spend more time lying about who she is, and that's going to be the big reveal at the end mm-hmm. for everybody. Right. But the princess finds out in, like, ten seconds. Yeah. It's like, one yeah. scene, she says, I'm your tutor, and the next scene, she's like, you're not my tutor. Yeah. And then they become best friends for life. BFFs. BFFFLs? I am BFFL. confused as to if the princess is a bad person or not. What do you mean? Because she's kind of a jerk. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I just... Maybe that's just like her, like crippled sense of humor i don't know but like she told that one guy like if you don't leave us alone i'm gonna throw you in the dungeon and then like she so she says she's gonna throw the one guy in the dungeon she like basically blackmails the this is true tutor to like make christmas she basically blackmails the tutor into being her friend well i think the tutor. i think she wanted to be her friend I think so, too, but I feel like she almost, like, forced it, though. Yeah, that's... I could see that. So, I just feel like she's kind of a bad person. But, like, not really, but, like, kind of. I thought it was funny how she seemed very familiar with, like, westernized things. Like... (coughs) Sorry. I thought it was kind of funny how she seemed familiar with, like, westernized things. Like when she, when Amber gets the makeover at the end, she's like, "We're gonna give you what you, what you Americans call the works." Oh yeah. But then, like when Amber tries to give her a high five, she looks at her like, "What do you do?" Like okay, high five is universal. High fives are in fact universal. <laughs> so yeah. So no. Princess Emily, get your act together. Yeah. I didn't really love her. No, but she was like. Arguably, she had more personality than anybody else in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I do agree with that, though. She did the best role, and then Rose MacGyver did second, and then everybody else was on the same playing field. Because <laughs> that was trifling. Uh, did you know... Oh, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think meat jelly is a real thing? Mm, probably. I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why that was like a Christmas hors d'oeuvre for them to serve. I Because they're British? Question mark. Are you Googling it right now? Yeah. That's a smart idea. I should have done that. 
Did you know right away that Simon was the bad Ew, guy? Ew, it is, and it does not look appetizing. Let me see. Does it look more or less appetizing than the movie did? Less appetizing. Let me see. Ooh, that should not exist. There's another picture. No. Oh, what is that? Right? What is that? <laughs> Ooh. Right? It says, meat jelly is thick jelly-like dish Ooh. from meat broth with garlic and spices. The la- latter ones are used only in boiling process, but are not added to the dish. Meat with bones containing... Um, it's a meat with bones... Con- Containing substance that let that lets it con, congeal, congeal, congeal. It, congeal is often used for cooking meat jelly. Sometimes it's made from fish. That makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Here's a recipe. Do not want to read that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so Simon, meat jelly's a thing. <laughs> did you know that Simon was going to be the bad guy from the beginning? Yeah. Because he was a jerk to everybody? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it same. was so generic. They're like, oh, this guy's bad. Oh, okay. They they wanted you to know that he was bad so badly that they made his hair black and <laughs> the prince's hair was like a light brown. Right. Differentiate the two. Yeah. They made him like skinny and weaselly and, and the prince was strong and handsome with a bee sting face. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought that Simon's plan was to try and kill him, but then I realized I've been watching way too many serious movies. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have a plan. Like, he had no plan. Yeah, I don't think he did either. I think his plan was just, I'm going to be mean to everybody. Yeah, he did not have a plan until um, the one girl turns bad and helped him. Yeah. That was like his, that was it. Without her, he'd be... Still doing nothing but being mean. This movie had so many plots that just happened. Because they needed to? Out of nowhere. Like, with no build-up and no explanation. Right. Like, we didn't really... Like, we knew that Simon was the bad guy because he was mean. Not because he said, oh, I'm going to try to take the throne from anybody. Literally, they could have all just stood in a row and this would have been just easier. I'm the prince. I'm the bad guy. I'm going to be the princess. Like, they could have just, like, I'm listed the their interest. titles. Right. They could have I'm just... I'm the gay best friend. I'm the black best friend. I'm the dad. I'm the dead mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, they literally could have just, like, said that, and it would have been... Way easier. Yeah. Do you think it was, like... Like, was it supposed to be ironic that the prince lost his dad and the love interest lost... Her mom. Didn't even think about that, but it's, I think that's one of those things that they did to, like, make them relate to each other. Right, but not, so they have, you like, can't lose the same parents. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, so, I don't even know where we're at in the plot. It doesn't matter, though. Uh, so, oh, the, the other thing that I thought was kind of confounding, she spends a lot of time filming him. Yeah. And no one catches her. I know. Except for the princess whenever she, like, looks at her computer. Yeah. It's like, why do you have all these videos of my brother? <laughs> oh, you're a journalist. That makes sense. 
It also, I thought it was funny about halfway through the video, ha- halfway through the movie, how she started rotating her phone horizontally instead of vertically. <laughs> Here's something I didn't understand. Unless I wasn't paying attention. At the beginning, don't they say, like, the prince is missing and they don't know where he is? Yeah, he, so he does that a lot where he just, like, disappears and goes on So I thought trips. she was supposed to find out where the prince was. I think that was part of the original assignment, but then he just showed up for his, like, thing. Well, okay, so, like, he showed up for his press conference thing, but then he didn't go to the press conference thing. So then she was supposed to find him for that, to interview him, but then he didn't, she couldn't find him, but then she became the tutor, and then she found him, and then she knew where he was the rest of the time, so her story changed. Okay. That seems too complicated. Right. Her boss wanted her to write a story about how he was like this philandering playboy who didn't want to take the throne or whatever. But then she was like, wait a minute. This guy's got a heart of gold. I can't write something like that. <laughs> so it, it was too complicated for this movie. Look, let's let's talk about the main crux of this movie for a second. And then we'll talk about the actual logistics of their relationship. Okay. So, Simon... Okay, so this... This... uh, The crown has to be passed down via a male heir because that is the way things work in this country. Right. They haven't caught up to 2019. Right. Emily cannot become the ruler of this country. Right. So Richard is next in line. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't want to be king because there's no way I can be as good as my dad is. That's pretty much the short of it. (laughs) Yeah. And Simon says, I want to be king. I'm the king's nephew. Therefore, I would be next in line after Richard. Mm-hmm. P.S. It was very confusing that both the king and the prince were Richard, but like the prince wasn't like Richard the second or Richard the third or anything like that. He was just also Richard. Right. Very confusing for a long time for me. But his name is really Stephen. I think so. I really it didn't. really does. I didn't really look that but closely really at those papers that, that you found. I know. So Amber, in all of her meddling, finds these documents that say, uh oh. The prince was adopted. Therefore, he Which, is... Which, how did she find that paper? It was like she was on a scavenger hunt or something? He said something about his dad's desk, and she was like, I bet there's, like, a secret contraption why here. Would she, why would she need to look or care at I this point? I don't remember. Because, like, at this point, she's, like, already falling in love with him, and then she, like, I don't... I just didn't understand. Yeah. Uh... So, I think she was just searching the king's desk for, like, whatever, and she found uh, the documents saying that, like, he was adopted. Okay. But she holds on to the documents. Sophia and Simon find these documents and say, hey, look, he's adopted. He has no right to the throne. And then Simon is like, I want to be king now. And because of weird laws in their country, he has to be crowned on Christmas Day. I don't really remember what they said happens if he's this not is crowned on. Literally, the only 
point, like the only time it ever ties into Christmas. Right. The only connection with Christmas is the fact that he has to be crowned on Christmas Day. Otherwise, all hell breaks loose or something like that. Right. So Simon's like, hey, you're not blood. I want to be king. Crown me now. Crown me now. But then, because of a poem that Amber finds, she realizes that this acorn ornament that the king made is hiding something. She goes back to the castle, says, hey, let me open up that acorn. They say no, and she goes, no, let me do it. And they say, okay. And then she opens it, and there's a special royal decree in there saying that adopted children can be kings. Which sounds like a silly law. But, okay. But also... Why is she the one that finds this? Like, she doesn't know his dad at all. She, like, the mother or the son or daughter should have found this decree because they should have known their dad and where he might have hidden things. Yeah, okay. But here's where it gets even more ludicrous. She finds this acorn because of a poem that the king wrote for the queen. Right. In that, like tells her that the 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 acorn has stuff hidden inside. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There's it, no reason she should be the one that finds that out. Right? And you would think that if it's a royal decree mm-hmm. that's made into a law, you would think that, like, one of the 50-some people within that, like, parliament building or whatever it's called right, would, would know. know about this law. Because he can't just make up laws without having Parliament pass them, so they had to have like approved the law. And that's the thing that the other thing that's confusing about the governing body of this country is that at one point they say they have a prime minister, which most countries with a prime minister and a king, the prime minister has more power than the king, and the right. king is just a title. So I don't really understand how <laughs> this country this, functions. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently it all revolves around this king. And Christmas. And being crowned on Christmas Day. What a movie. What a movie. I cannot wait to You didn't to fi- even tell me the end. I didn't tell you the end? No. What do you mean? We didn't wrap it all up. Oh, well, okay. So she shows up at the parliament building with this decree, mm-hmm. and they say, oh, clearly this is a real thing. <laughs> Simon, you can't be king anymore. They crowned Richard. Everybody lives happily ever after. Well, then he shows up. Well, okay. I wanted to pa- I wanted to okay. hold that for when we talk about the entirety of their relationship. Okay. Could this movie have gotten any more complex, unnecessarily complex? Answer: Probably not. <laughs> I really don't understand what the point of the whole adoption thing was. No. <laughs> I don't know why that was introduced. <laughs> no. Other than to make us think Simon could be king. Right? Or for like something. five seconds. Yeah. Like, you like nothing that. ever played out for a long period of time. I was like, oh, this joke will be five seconds long. Okay, move on. Yeah. Did not make any sense. No. All right. So there's that. And then, all right, so let's talk about the relationship. Okay. So like for the first 30 minutes of this movie, it's Amber and Emily hanging out with each other. Yes. With minor instances in which they meet the prince. Like he's playing the piano at one point. He's archering, he's shooting an arrow at some point. Right. 
He's riding a horse. Right. And like all these other things. Right. And he gets in a snowball fight with children. He gets in a snowball fight with orphans because he cares more about hanging out with the orphans than being a ruler. Right. And like all these other things. Right. She goes horseback riding after him. Her horse runs away. He comes and saves her. And they, this is like the first time they ever have a real conversation the whole movie Mm -hmm. is at the hunting cabin place. Mm -hmm. And then later, he's like, hey, let's go on a walk. They go on a walk for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know everything about me. I don't know anything about you. He's like, when did you talk long (laughs) enough for her to know everything about you? And like you just met. Why are you telling her everything about you? Exactly. That's concerning. Honestly, it was more believable that he had a past with Sophia that he had yeah. any kindling of a relationship with Amber. Yeah. And then, to make things even more bonkers, she saves. The, he gets mad at her for having these documents and not telling him. Yes. She tries to talk to him. He doesn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And then, to make it worse, he... Uh, then she goes back to New York... She quits her job because they don't want to write her story, but mm-hmm. she posts a blog about it telling the truth about Prince Richard. Right. Prince slash King Richard. Right. And he shows up on New Year's Eve and proposes to her. Proposes to her. Just out of the blue. That is all right, all right. messed up. Here's a question for you. What? What is more believable? That he proposes to her after spending... Let's say all of an hour total with her. Yeah. Or that New York City was empty enough for her to propose <laughs> in the middle of the street five minutes to midnight on New Year's Eve. <laughs> it was more believable that he proposed to her that yeah. New York City was empty. People uh, complain about a lot about the New York City street sets in Eyes Wide Shut. But those were more believable yeah. than the New York City street sets in this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was like, there were like four cars on that street. Yeah. And they were all parked because apparently everybody in New York City. None has, of the restaurants or coffee shops are crowded. No. There were like five people in yeah. her dad's restaurant. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad for his <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Like, was he closed for a small party, but yeah. she seemed to be working? Right. Or was that just his restaurant's crappy and no one goes there? <laughs> but he seems to be kind of successful, right. so I don't know. It boggles my mind. Yeah. So that's the extent of their relationship. Can't wait to see what kind of drama they get into in planning their royal wedding. What more do they need to know about each other? They both lost a parent. They both are marginally good people, and uh, that's about it. I mean, he knows her real name now, so that's a plus. And she knows he's adopted. And he knows that she used to be a journalist but still writes blog posts about him. Right. What more do they need? I don't know. That seems like a good foundation for a healthy relationship. You are right. Um, Do you want to talk about her dad at all? Any more than we did? Because he's the only thing that I can think of to really touch on. Uh, I mean, he was just a very generic dad. Like, there was, like, 
I'm not even sure why he was in the movie, to be honest, because, like, even when she calls him at that one scene, you think, like, oh, his, her dad's going to have all this inspiration for her. To I be. honestly didn't understand anything he was saying. To no, her. I was like, are they having the same conversation? I think. I don't think they were. I think he was talking about one thing and she was talking about another. She <laughs> like was being, he, like, so vague and yeah. he was, like, taking it at face value. Right. But, like, responding in an equally vague way. It was like, like, you, I guess, like, you would think because he's even in this movie that he was going to give her some big revelation, like, you know, to, like, make it better or something. And it just was, I mean, nothing. Nothing came from that conversation. The only thing that I really understood that he said was, listen to your heart, Peanut. He called her Peanut because that's a nickname that all parents have for their (laughs) children. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was just a stupid. I don't know why he was in the movie. Yeah. I... They could have saved money not paying him. I can't think of anything else specifically to say about this. Um, do you think that this couple is going to last? I mean, we're going to find out in the next couple movies. Right. So I already know in the next couple movies that they last, but in real life, no. Right. There's zero foundation for this relationship to stand on. And their first fight with each other in real life would be spectacular. (laughs) Yeah. It will be a fight for the ages. And I hope that someone writes a tabloid about it. (laughs) Because I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought that the joke about not having a dungeon but threatening to throw people in the dungeon was stupid. Yes, it was. And that's all I have to say about that. Now can I talk about movies that frustrate me with their romanticizing relationships? Yeah, as long as you can tie it into whether the couple will last and how we would improve this movie. We just got to slide it right in between those two. Okay. Well, so this is our transitory conversation. <laughs> uh, I think that it just fantasizes the idea of having a relationship because literally they have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. They have no, like, foundation on like interest or like nothing to build a relationship on and like all this does is just like I mean like your sister is crying at the end of this movie because they got together and I like at least she acknowledged that it was kind of ridiculous no yeah and she did and like and that's the thing though like I remember and maybe I'm just like super jaded in life But, like, I remember watching rom-coms as a young person. A young person. A young person. (laughs) And I don't really remember when I started. I think I always had, like, some idealized fantasies of how relationships should work. But, like, all this genre is doing is perpetuating this lie that relationships should be easy you know that your right person is the butterfly and the stomach feeling and that life will be grand once you fall in love and all you need is someone to like fall in love with and then your life will be perfect and it's like no and that's all they did in this movie yeah they were like I mean, this is basically, like, emotional pornography for women. Yeah, and it's like, no, stop. (laughs) That's not how life works or relationships. And if this was a couple in real life, 
they probably would have never gotten together in the first place. And if they did, they will break up before they get married. Oh, for sure. So that's all. It was just a little unbelievable. So that being said, the one thing (laughs) I wish this movie had. Okay. Is just like maybe 10 minutes of them having a decent conversation with each other. It didn't have a montage. It didn't have a montage. So how do we know that they got to know each other without a montage? Exactly. It's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it needed something. And they needed to stick to like one problem and introduce it way earlier. <laughs> yes, I agree. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, that's all I got. And there's no way you can improve this movie because you just have to rewrite the whole thing. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I think... Actually, okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Okay. The director, Alex Zam, mm-hmm. he directed a movie called A Royal Christmas, mm-hmm. which looks- He must really like Christmas. And sounds, he does not. Oh. <laughs> he has like two Christmas movies. Oh. He really likes sequels, though, so we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Uh, he made a movie, A Royal Christmas, with one of our favorite PC people, Lacey Chambert, mm-hmm. who's in- uh, why did I almost say Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Mm-hmm. And it sounds almost identical to this movie trilogy, but condensed. And, and I kind he of want to know. The same hats. Yeah, the guards have the same hats. It looks like it takes place in the same building. Yeah. I kind of want to watch it just to see how similar it is to yeah, these two. Yeah, we should. Uh, all right, so this guy, Alex Zam, directed Inspector Gadget 2. Dr. Doolittle, Million Dollar Mutts, Tooth Fairy 2, Jingle All the Way 2, A Royal Christmas, Crown for Christmas, and the Woody Woodpecker movie. Wow. Right? Lots of direct-to-video sequels. Yeah. So it's no wonder that this movie went direct to Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) Karen Schaller, she wrote, uh, pretty much her entire claim to fame is this Christmas Prince trilogy and a TV show called Travel Therapy. Mm. And then... Get this. The other writer, Nate Atkins, mm-hmm. wrote everybody's favorite sequel to a cult classic, S. Darko. It was garbage. S. Darko is a garbage movie. Don't watch it. Okay. No one should watch it. I Actually, won't. we might watch it for this podcast. Oh, boy. Shadow on the Mesa, Deadly Descent, The Abominable Snowman, How Not to Propose, the Christmas Prince movies, and then he's working on the Pumpkinhead reboot. Okay. So how do we have this woman who writes movie who works on a travel TV show and a horror writer writing this movie about Christmas Prince? I don't know. Do you? I don't. Oh, I was hoping you would tell me. I have no clue. How? Do you know how much they made? Uh, not made, but like how much this movie cost? No. I Netflix never it. reveals any of that information. Anyways, I feel like I need to get that out real quick Mm -hmm. just to kind of show you the amalgamation of what made this movie so bizarre. (laughs) The way that it is. Right. And now, before we get to our definitive bad movie date night ranking list, Mm -hmm. we have a new Christmas exclusive scale for rating these movies. And we call it the Christmas Prince Scale of Christmas. (laughs) Okay. In which we determine on a scale of one to five... Whether or not the fact that this movie takes place at Christmas time is coincidental or incidental. Meaning, is it important to the narrative or is it just a coincidence that it takes place at Christmas? 
I said one out of five stars because Christmas has zero bearing on this movie at all. Yeah, that would be mine too. If I could give it zero, I would. Yeah, I feel like we should be able to give it zero, but I'm going to say one just because their country seems uber obsessed with (laughs) Christmas coronations and events transpiring. Yeah, I'll agree. Before we go to the ranking list, Caitlin, do you have anything else that you would like to add? Mm, No. I think that if you don't like Christmas and don't want to celebrate the holidays, you should watch this movie. Otherwise, go watch a better Christmas movie, like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's a good one. Watch that. Or Krampus. Or It's a Wonderful Life. Or It's a Wonderful Life. Or literally any of the (laughs) classic Christmas things. Yeah. But if you hate Christmas and you hate yourself, watch this movie. (laughs) All right, Caitlin. Definitive bad movie date night ranking list. Where would you put this fantastic Christmas-related rom-com? Above Thanksgiving. Where's that at? All the way at the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> no, because I enjoyed it. Under Ghosts of Girlfriends Pass. Really? Yeah. Because I had more fun watching this than a lot of those movies. Like, Thanksgiving was unbearable. This at least... That's true. That's true. There ridiculous things that happened. Yeah. But other okay. than that, it was a pretty mediocre movie. That's fine. All right, so this is going to take over the spot that over her dead body took and push that down. If you think that we're wrong, write us a comment. Fight us. On Facebook or Instagram. Or Fight on us. our Definitive Bad Movie Date Night ranking list on adjourneyinafilm.com slash Definitive Bad Movie Date Night ranking list. Are you excited for next week? I don't even remember what we're doing next week. It's going to be great. I hope so. It's going to be... Some kind of ABC Family Hallmark Christmassy movie because that's what we got for you this month. We got four episodes of Christmas time. Woohoo! In preparation for, for Christmas. Christmas. And it's going to be Christmas, a blast. Snow's coming down Christmas. And you will no longer be able to listen to this episode because of copyright infringement. <laughs> Caitlin, when do you think we're going to finally break our top ten with a rom-com? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Okay. Well, I tried. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. at Journey Into Film. And don't forget to head over to ajourneyintofilm.com and check out all of the cool podcasts and blog posts that we have about good movies well, our podcast right now is only about bad movies, but if you want to learn about some good movies, uh, head over there and uh, read some blogs. Yeah. Parasite. Parasite was fantastic. Do you have that posted? I do. Perfect. Go read it. Go read it right now. Yes. Caitlin, do you have anything else you want to add to anyone? Go listen to some Christmas music, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs>